the Fantasy Football Welcome to the Fantasy Football Beat, the podcast that will never let your team die in darkness. Hi, I'm Mike Hume. Hi, I'm Des Beeler. And how am I like the rim of a margarita glass, you might ask? That you, is a comparison I never thought of, but <laughs> go ahead. You might ask how I am like the rim of margarita glass, I, and, I'll, and I'll tell you, it's because I am extremely salty. I'm still Ooh. salty over the 60-yard touchdown pass that the refs nullified that Andy Dalton threw to A.J. Green in the second half of the Monday night game that would have got me into the playoffs in the league I run. Instead, I'm out of the playoffs. And you know what? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the only one bitter about it. Sean McDonough complained about it on the telecast. He's probably done complaining about it, but I'm not. I'm still bitter. That's a shame. Sorry about that, Des. I'm Scott Allen, and I am happy to report, or am I sad, that Jeff Dooley and I failed to jinx you last week. Your perfect run continues in the Washington Post Fantasy League. 13-0, and ladies and gentlemen, and I want to point out it is not a fluke. You have the most points for in the league, so congrats to you, Des, with one week left in the regular season. Wow, jinxing so hard. <laughs> I agree. Somehow that didn't work out last week, and I did actually defeat uh, Jeff's team. And you know what? If this were a normal league, I'd be 13-0, the regular season would be done, and I wouldn't have to worry about this week because I'd have a playoff bye. But if there were a living, breathing commissioner, as Tony Kornheiser likes to say, of this league, possibly sitting right <laughs> next to me, who decided to make it uh, only four teams reaching the playoffs, hmm. a 14-week regular season, uh, which is incomprehensible. So now I have to play out the regular season. My undefeated streak is in jeopardy. I have all sorts of awful lineup decisions to make, including whether to play Russell Wilson or not at Jacksonville. It's really annoying. Yeah, why'd you do that, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> the Miami Dolphins are waiting by with champagne. All right, well, Des gets to move off 13-0 and and look for the mighty 14th win because, let's face it, it's a superior league setting. Makes this week awfully interesting if you have Russell Wilson, as Des does, and that brings us to the big idea. The big idea. Get him off your team. Drop him now. He could be the surprise of the 2017 season. That guy is a walking ACL team. Oh, yeah, he's a major sleeper. There's the playoffs, which means it's do or die. So the question is, do you dance with the ones that brung you, or do you dump them? If you got Russell Wilson, I say you got to dump him because the Jags defense is the Jags defense. All right, quick knowledge. Only five teams have scored more than 10 real points against the Jags D this season. So let's just discount all those quarterbacks right there. Now, the quarterbacks that did score 10 or more real points against the Jags, here are their fantasy points. Marcus Mariota, 13. Josh McCown, 5. Jared Goff, 9.9. Phillip Rivers, 15.3. Respectable. And, of course, we all would have guessed it, Blaine Gabbert with the high <laughs> mark of 17.3. You can't wow. stop Gabbert. <laughs> no, you can't. Uncontainable force. For the season, just 8.5 points allowed on average to quarterbacks. I don't know, for as good as Russell Wilson has been, and he's going to possibly be the MVP of the league this year, can you take that chance with everything on the line? Des, you at least have the luxury of locking in the number one seed. If you're in the playoffs, are you dancing with Russell Wilson? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Uh, you know, I mean, Russell Wilson's not just the regular season MVP or, or let's say, a, a strong candidate. Sure. He is the top-scoring player in fantasy. 
Yeah, of anybody. I yeah. mean, quarterbacks often are, but you know, he's he's at the top. So pretty hard to bench a guy who is the number one player in fantasy. Takes a certain uh, something. That said, I might bench him this week. It wow. is it is well, it's just that tough. You know, you I think what you're hoping for there is that he runs around a, a fair amount because it's just so hard to throw in the Jags. You threw out some of the stats there. You know, some of the projections out there don't aren't very sanguine. ESPN projects him. As uh, the 16th highest scoring quarterback, mm. I'm ranked 13th. So yeah, a bunch of guys I would play ahead of him. I picked up in that league we just talked about where I still need to win a regular season game to complete the regular right. season undefeated. Which of your bitter I, leagues is this now? Yeah, the post I, league. Yeah, the post league. Uh, I picked up Jameis Winston, and I'm very possibly going to play him. Uh, he's got an easier matchup against the Lions at home. Uh, you know, I haven't ranked ahead. I haven't ranked ahead of Russell Wilson. I mean, th- those are the choices you might have to make this week. Um, you know, it, it, it's just so tough. Like he's just so consistent. I mean. As usual, the Seahawks got off to their annual slow start, and yep. as usual, they picked yep. it up. After the week six by uh, uh, Russell Wilson's lowest score in any game is 19.4. I mean, that depends on scoring settings, but essentially, he's had no nothing close to a bad game, right. and most of the time, like, really good games. So, uh, you know, it's it's just a tough choice, and I, I don't necessarily want to make it for anybody, but I, yeah. like I said, I, I might play a guy like Jameis Winston ahead of him just for context. Yeah, he's been an absolute stud. I am a big-time Wilson believer. I have been all year. I've made the playoffs in six of my... I'm stupidly in eight leagues. I made the playoffs in six. Russell Wilson is my starting QB in four of them. Wow. So this is a nightmare situation. Um, and I think, as kind of Des alluded to, it depends on what's out there. If, if you're in a 12-team league where guys are hoarding you know, two quarterbacks and you've got to rely on Jimmy Garoppolo maybe in the playoffs, maybe that's the cutoff. But if someone like Jameis Winston, and this sounds crazy to say, but uh, Josh McCown, uh, Derek Carr are available, just – better matchups this week because you don't want to go down against that Jags, Jaguars defense. And even looking ahead, next week isn't that much better. you got to get through this week, but he gets the Rams next week. Just a brutal schedule for the Seahawks. Yeah, there's no party. And if, if I will say this. If I have a shot at McCown, and I, I'm not sure a lot of leagues do at this point because McCown's been surprisingly good. He has. But I think it, it's a no-brainer McCown over Wilson this week. All right, now let's move it's, on. It's, it's a brainer. I mean, Oh, it's a brainer? I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure I'm there with you on playing. Uh, I mean, you know, at, at Denver, I mean, the one thing Denver still can kind of do is play pass defense. I mean, they still have their cornerbacks intact. A couple of the other quarterbacks whose situations actually just got more interesting, including Ben, include Ben Roethlisberger, normally uh, right. playing the Ravens, that's a stay away, but Jimmy Smith is exactly. out for that game. Exactly. Uh, and Derek Carr, we just got news today, I think that Marcus Peters has been suspended by the Chiefs. Yes, right. indeed. And that takes away the only good defensive back that the Chiefs <laughs> have. So Carr, normally I wouldn't be thrilled about. He hasn't been very good this season, but all of a sudden that looks like a much better matchup for him. So I'm probably going to move him up over Russell Wilson as well. All right, now there's a, a coattails effect to this as well because obviously the Jaguars' defense doesn't play just Russell Wilson. They'll also take on Doug Baldwin. Similar situation. I think it's a lot easier to backfill for a receiver yep. than a quarterback uh, in most situations. Doug Baldwin, a good receiver, but the only receiver to put up 100 yards against the Jags' defense this season, Antonio Brown. A little better receiver. Yes, yeah, slightly better. Even banged up Antonio Brown. Pretty darn good, as we saw in Week 13. So Doug Baldwin, start him, sit him. I think this is an easier call. I think you sit him because even the the matchup notwithstanding, he'll be up against Jalen Ramsey most likely. He's kind of been so-so the last few weeks, even as that Seahawks offense has continued to roll. One touchdown in his last five games. Um, you know, he might have been a late first-round, second-round pick and was performing like that early in the season. But I think, like you said, Mike, th- there are just more options out there. I mean, we're going to get to some of them later. But but guys who have come on, it, it's less likely that you're going to be able to find a suitable replacement for Baldwin. And I think he's an easy sit. 
I, I don't think it's that easy. I mean, it, it, it's easy to say, yeah, he's got a terrible matchup. I mean, also I don't know. a brainer. This I is just, a brainer, too. It's <laughs> a brainer. I mean, this guy's 13 his and la- up. Yeah, his last three weeks, I mean, he had 40 yards three weeks ago, 25 yards two weeks ago, so that's terrible. And that, you know, an 84 did much better this past game. But sure, it, it hasn't really been all that great for him of late. I just, you know, you look at some of the options further down for him, like, I don't know, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, boy. At, at Buffalo, I don't know. I mean, is that is that more trustworthy? Uh, Jamison Crowder at the Chargers, they have a tough pass defense. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. You know, uh, Cooper Cup uh, is that is playing the Eagles. Maybe I, you know, I, I don't know. It it gets you know there. Are, I could go down the list, but like, you could look at a lot of other guys too and, and raise some objections. But I know what you're saying. It, it's a very very tough start. The Jags are are almost a no go. Other side of the ball, similar situation though. Very tough rush rushing defense for the Seattle Seahawks. Leonard Fournette looked a little banged up at the end of last game. Goes against the Seahawks defense, giving up the fourth fewest points to running backs. Leonard Fournette, yay or nay? This is a tough call. Des mentioned on Sunday we talked a little bit about his performance last week. He scored for the Fournette scored for the first time since returning from that ankle injury, but he just hasn't looked the same since coming back. You know whether that's uh, hitting the rookie wall. I think it's more probably the effects of he's still dealing with that injury, not mm-hmm. maybe a hundred percent. 82 yards rushing the last two weeks combined and a much tougher matchup than he's faced in recent weeks. So I think this, if you have, I, I don't know, this is this is a tougher call than Baldwin for me. Um, but if there are better options on, on your bench or on the waiver wire, I'd look there. Yeah, it's. I, I think you got to roll Fournette out there. Yeah. There are definitely legit concerns. I mean, He's only t- he's only topped seventy. He had seventy nine yards last week, and that was against the Colts, who an, an easier opponent than the Seahawks. That was total yards. He's only topped that once in his past four games, and he has one TD in that span. So he hasn't really mm-hmm. been, and he's been battling an ankle injury. I think that's getting a little bit better, but you still expect the volume for him, and that's kind of what that's what's always sort of kept him as a, as an upper tier sort of running back. I don't think he's a running back one this week, but again, you know, you, if the volume is there for him, the game script should be there for him. If we're projecting the Seahawks to struggle on offense, and I think that's pretty likely. Then the Jags should be in this game unless like Blake Bortles just does you know super Bortlesy things and you definitely cannot <laughs> rule that out. But assuming the Jags are in this game, they're going to keep giving Fournette the ball. Uh, it is a very tough run defense for the Seahawks, but I think volume alone couldn't put them up there. You know, and again, you compare them to the, some of the guys that are near him in the rankings. I mean, Samaj Perine, you don't know what you're going to get with him. That's at the Chargers. He could be game scripted right out of things. Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Okay, we we, we yeah, talked oh, about right, him yeah. last week, right? That's a sketchy start. Who knows what you're going to get from him? He he's, he plays Oakland. You'd like to think he'll do well there, but hard to say, you know. And Jordan Howard is kind of in that group too. So I I just think Fournette, you know, don't expect RB one numbers from him, but he but he's a start. I think. All right, another rookie, another very good run defense. Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers taking on the Vikings. Yeah, this is a this is a tough call. The Vikings made the Falcons look pretty bad last week. Devontae Freeman returned from his concussion and had 78 yards on the ground and and maybe you know McCaffrey similar role similar role and I think you know that pass catching ability kind of makes him maybe a little bit more uh, immune to a down week even against a tough rushing defense Um, I, I just would lower expectations with him I mean he's had what about five catches per game it scored a touchdown last week against the Saints um Again, though, a tough call. I'm probably rolling him out there in, in leagues that I have him. Yeah, I, I think it might be a standard versus PPR thing. I think in PPR, yeah. just the re, you know the yeah the receiving prowess alone gets right, him out there. Right. In standard, I don't know. It, it's pretty sketchy. You know, he had um, 40, 49 total yards last week versus the Saints. Saints, and he's been under 
65 total yards in seven of his past nine games, and he scored four times in those bad games. So you've gotten touchdowns occasionally, but when he doesn't score a touchdown, he's been outright bad in those games, and he has no games over 100 yards in, in his past nine. So he hasn't, he hasn't been going off. He hasn't, mm-hmm. You haven't seen that upside with him, really, that, you, that kind of helps you make those tough decisions. You know, and then obviously uh, the Vikings, I mean, they're just a stone wall there. They're allowing the fewest fantasy points to running backs. They've allowed just three touchdowns all season to running backs. So to me... Um, yeah, he's a flex player at, at best and in standard probably a benchable guy. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. I think PPR, you roll with him. It's standard league, you sit him down. Same, same thing with Devin Funches, I would say. Yeah, uh, the yeah. Vikings also very tough against the pass. He's already questionable with a shoulder injury, so I don't know if he's going to play. Assuming he does play, though, he's got a pretty tough assignment there. Probably going to get Xavier Rhodes yeah, matched that's, up that's on brutal. him. You know, and he only managed 60 yards. Did score a touchdown last week, but kind of underachieved against the Saints, who didn't have Marshawn Lattimore that week. Uh, but, you know, he's been very good of late. I mean, over his past four games, he's averaging a little over 86 yards with three touchdowns. So generally been a wide receiver one, uh, you know, so it's hard to, like, bench guys like that. But pretty tough assignment there uh, on Sunday. Yeah, and getting back to McCaffrey, uh, McCaffrey a little bit, I think that's the one thing that makes me think he might be a good PPR play because he could get a lot of those targets if Funches isn't open in uh, fulfilling his usual role in the offense. Mike Evans was a virtual disappearing act in Week 13, Week 14, much of the same, perhaps. He gets the Lions and Darius Slay, another very good shutdown corner. Yeah, a much worse matchup for Mike Evans this week. I I think a lot of owners had to have been disappointed with, with last week, what he did against the Packers. It was a really weird game. Jameis Winston came back, threw for 270 yards. The only guy with more than 40 yards receiving was the running back Peyton Barber. Yeah, so he really spread sure. the ball around. I thought Evans and Jackson, Deshaun Jackson would have – big games they didn't Evans has been kind of a disappointment for much of the season only two catches for 33 yards last week and as you mentioned Mike going up against Darius Slay the Lions pass defense has been great the last few weeks I'm probably rolling him out there um, but I'm lowering expectations I will be pleasantly surprised if he has a bounce back game yeah I think you got to roll him out there I mean he, he yeah he was not very good last week against the Packers who were not great against the pass the previous two weeks he had 78 and 92 yards respectively in his two games after coming back from the suspension, looking more like the guy we, we thought he might be. You know, the Lions, as you say, have defended the pass well of late, but three of their four, past four games have been against the Browns, Bears, and Ravens, so not exactly <laughs> stacking <laughs> up against... QBs in there. Yeah, and, and I mean, Jameis Winston hasn't, hasn't looked awesome this season either, but he's at least as good as the quarterback situations for those teams, and I would say better than the Browns, the Bears, uh, and Ravens. So, you know, he should be able to do a little bit more against that Lions defense at home. So, I, you know, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I'm not... Super psyched about Mike Evans, but I definitely would put him out there. All right, we'll see if Mike Evans and James Winston can help a few owners eat a W in Week 14. (laughs) All right, let's flip this around for the last name on our list, and that's Jordy Nelson, who has been abysmal since Brett Hundley took over for Aaron Rodgers. Now, there is the whiff in the air that Aaron Rodgers may return as early as Week 15, but that still leaves Week 14 where he gets the Cleveland Browns. And that's the only reason I think this is a really interesting decision. Jordy Nelson with a mediocre at best quarterback against the Browns, a mediocre at best defense. Do or die time, who you got? I mean, you kind of said it there. You're hoping that he can take advantage of the matchup because Brett Hundley, when he has been effective, and that, that hasn't been often since Aaron Rodgers went down, he's he's really dialed in on Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, Nelson has disappeared. He may be even on your waiver wire in a few leagues if you're in a non-keeper league. unbelievable. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, it's 
there are worse plays out there, Mike. I'm not gonna. I'm not sitting Mike Evans uh, or Doug Baldwin right. for Jordy Nelson this right. week. But you know, if you're in a three wide receiver league um, and you're deciding between say him and like this is ridiculous Tyler Lockett or, or Paul Richardson, guys with worse matchups, um, you could do worse than than Jordy Nelson. Yeah, I I'm, I think he's a sit. Right. I, I don't know. I didn't, I'm not even sure why we're talking about this. He's been so bad. You said abysmal. I mean, you want the numbers to back it up. Uh, since Hundley took over full time, he's averaging 20 yards per game in Hundley's you know full starts. He has no more than 35 yards in any game. I mean, you cannot play that guy. And like I said, Aaron Rodgers is coming back next week. Fine, start Jordy Nelson next yeah. week. Do not start him this week. And by the way, the Browns haven't really been that bad against the pass. I mean, we think of them as this like just terrible team in all phases because they haven't you know they've won one game in the past two seasons, but they haven't really been that bad against the pass. I think partly it's because they're never winning in games, so teams never really have to throw that much against them. Right. You know, but if you look at their rankings, they're actually uh, in the top 10 in fewest fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. Um, so, you know, not necessarily a pushover in, th- in that regard. So, I, I, yeah, I think, I think you've got to put Nelson on the bench at least for one more week. Yeah, I think it's, it's a bit of a Hail Mary play. I caught the end of the, the Packers-Bucks game last week, um, and, and Hundley likes to – the Packers like to throw this, this screen pass to Nelson. He was targeted in the red zone, uh, tackled before the, the end zone. I think, you know, he could be like, – like a lot of receivers, like more like tight ends, he could be touchdown dependent and he right. needs to get in there. And, and since I say don't start Nelson, you definitely should start him. I mean, I'm the guy, I'm the guy who <laughs> ranked... learned anything. I'm the guy who ranked T.Y. Hilton 56 <laughs> last week. He scored against the Jaguars of all teams, so what do I know? There you have it. Get Jordy Nelson in your lineups now. But don't really. Stock watch. Stock watch. Well, out in Cleveland, we got a real blast from the past in week 13. Hello, Josh Gordon. Yeah, hello, Josh Gordon. Stock way up. Uh, the same guy that I said was my buyer beware pick because I really didn't think he would do a whole lot in his first game back uh, after three three years away from regular season football. <laughs> four years, years really removed Ridiculous. from being a, a truly effective wide receiver. So, you know, a lot not to like that. Corey Coleman on the other side, Deshaun Kaiser throwing the ball. You know, but Hugh Jackson said we're gonna we're gonna jump we're gonna throw him in right away. We have big plans for him. He said and. Uh, not uh, not everything Hugh Jackson promises comes to pass, but they sure did this time. He like played a win. on yeah, exactly like winning. I mean, he played on 76% of Cleveland snaps. He ran a route on 89% of Deshaun Kaiser's dropbacks. He got 11 targets, only caught four of them, but for 85 yards, no touchdown. But looked big, physical, fast, strong. Really looked like the guy we remembered. So, you, you know, I mean, if that's the if that's the Josh Gordon we're going to get, and if, if that's w- what he got in his first game. You know, uh, you can you can, and that was by the way against Casey Hayward for the most part, a really excellent uh, cornerback for the Chargers, who s- later said on Sirius XM Radio that Gordon was his toughest matchup all year. And wow. as was pointed out online, Hayward has been matched up against Odell Beckham Jr., Des Bryant, Brandon Cooks, Demarius Thomas, Michael Crabtree, Tyree Kill, and Alshon Jeffrey earlier this year. Oh. Yeah, kind of a kind of a pretty good list there. That's a, a Pro Bowl so lineup. So much for the rust. And yeah. he said, yeah, he said Josh Gordon was his toughest matchup all year. So Gordon appears set to make life miserable for uh, uh, opponents going forward. And you know, getting the Packers here, I mean, yeah. got to like his chances there. In fact, I'm kind of calling it here. I think the Browns win this game. Wow, right. I think they get you out heard the it here first. Here. Look, they've been competitive, and you know, it actually is rather difficult to go 0 and 16. It's hard to go 1 and 15 <laughs> that for that true. matter. That is it's hard true. to go one one win in two seasons. Like. I think they're going to win a game. This is as good a spot as they're going to have to do it. You know, all of a sudden, you look at who they're rolling out there uh, on offense, it's pretty good, right? You have Josh Gordon, you got Corey Coleman, you got David Njoku, who looks great. Yep. You've got Isaiah Crowell, Duke Johnson, the backfield. And Crowell finally finding a stride. I mean, against a Packers team that, you know, 
probably won't be raining points on them, as we just talked about with Brett Hundley there and, and Jordy Nelson, who's unstartable. So I don't know. I, I'm going to call it. I think the Browns win this game. All right. <laughs> Bold <laughs> predictions from Des Beeler. Moving on to the next name on our stock watch list. The Patriots running back committee has seemingly had a new chair. Well, maybe. It's, I think Deion Lewis is still, the head, still in that chair. I don't know. He's still the chairman of the yeah, committee. Yeah, Rex Burkhead, when they get near the goal line, is definitely the head, the head of that chair. His v- head is on VP the chair. VP of goal he's, line operations. He gets off the chair and he scores a touchdown. Whatever happens there, I'm just <laughs> I'm just making bowl call after bowl call because although it's not that bold anymore to say, yeah. like, I like a Patriots running back's chances. They have really winnowed this field down quite a bit. I mean, Gillisley is, is out of the picture altogether. Gone. James White is kind of hanging around but really is, is in kind of a satellite role. It's really the Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead show. And and Burkhead's getting the t- touchdowns, you know, and now uh, he's sort of getting the yardage as well. You know, he had t- he rushed 12 times for 78 yards last week in, in a win over the Bills. He added three receptions for 25 yards. His touches, it's in, you know, he was out with a rib injury for a while. Since he came back from his rib injury in week seven, his touches had gone from seven to 11 to 13. Then he had nine in the game where he fumbled and kind of got benched a little bit. And the past two weeks, 15 each. So yeah. if you're getting 15 touches in the Patriots offense, especially near the goal line, you know, that, that makes you an automatic start in almost every format. That's a lot like Devontae Freeman in the Falcons offense. 15 touches in a high, high-powered high offense, and I think you would take the Patriots over the Falcons every time this year. Yep. Yeah, Burkhead's been a stud the last two weeks, including one game against the Dolphins. And one thing that I think will be interesting to watch, there are a lot of teams playing the same team twice in the span of three weeks here. Mm-hmm towards the end of the year. Weird it, scheduling it, quirk. In terms of, you know, will the Dolphins do anything differently to, to try to take him away? Not that I would, you know, question Bill Belichick's ability to find a way to get to get Burkhead involved to counter that, but it, it's just an interesting thing to watch because that's happening a- across the league over the next few weeks. Rex Burkhead definitely getting a fair share of work. You know who's not? Who's that? Danny Woodhead. Oof. Ugh. Yeah. What right. happened to the points bonanza we were expecting from the Ravens offense? They love to throw to running backs. We thought. Yeah. And yeah. here we are. Yeah, we had such we had such big hopes and dreams for Danny Woodhead. He was on the IR with a hamstring injury. Really looked like he could if they hadn't put him on IR, it looked like from the reports that he might have been able to come back sooner. So there was every reason to think he would hit the ground running, especially given that Javorius slash Buck Allen and we're now we're getting the end of the season, we still haven't figured it out. <laughs> Uh, Basically a moot point at this point. <laughs> we need a style guide for <laughs> yeah, next year. I know. Buck Allen, let's just say. But well, we need him to stop playing, A, so we don't <laughs> have to mention his name anymore, and B, so he doesn't take touches away from our guy, Danny Woodhead. Amen. But that's what's been happening. Uh, Javorius Allen has not left the picture yet. Danny Woodhead just has done nothing. I mean, in three games since coming off of IR, he has totals of eight carries for 33 yards. That's over three games. And more importantly, in the passing game, only 11 catches for 58 yards Oof. in three games with no touchdowns. I mean, that's nothing. I mean, no. you can't, right? So you got nothing there. And obviously, in terms of carrying the ball, like Alex Collins has really cemented that role. So Woodhead's not going to be the guy to get the ball in early downs for the most part. You just, you just would have hoped that he would have a much bigger role in the passing game. It hasn't been happening. So, you know, they get the Steelers this week. They've, they've allowed, they have allowed some, some yardage through the air to running backs. You know, we saw uh, Jamal Williams take that screen pass a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, 54 yards. Uh, and then we saw Giovanni Bernard in the Monday yeah. Night game do some things. Yeah. So the possibilities are there, but you ju- you absolutely cannot start Woodhead till we see something better from him. Certainly yeah. not in the playoffs. Joe Flacco doing a weird thing last week against the Lions and actually throwing the ball downfield to his wide receivers, which you don't see too <laughs> often in, in Baltimore. Yeah. But but Woodhead that, he's was, a, that was odd. It was it was very odd. It, Woodhead's a guy that I stashed in a few leagues, you know, hoping for as we have all talked about the you know five six catches a game in, in PPR leagues coming back. Hasn't come to pass, and I've actually dropped him 
in every league this week for we talked about this a few weeks ago for defenses to potentially stream and match up with in future uh, playoff games should I get there there you go good strategy out in Minnesota, we've seen the rise of Adam Thielen. We have also seen the descent of Stefan Diggs. What's going on, Des? Well, at this point, I don't know. I mean, he was out with a groin injury for, for a couple weeks, and the rap in him has always been, if he's injured at all, then he's not a safe play. But, you know, that, that was a, a while ago at, the, at that point. Uh, but he just hasn't been getting it done. He's had, he has 32 yards receiving exactly in two of his past three games. He, has, he had less than that in two of his previous three games. Uh, and in that six-game span, his highs in yardage are 66 and 78, and he has one touchdown. Uh, you know, wrap it all up, and, and he's, he hasn't even been a wide receiver, too. I mean, he's been darn near unplayable. So, you know, a guy that we thought could be a wide receiver one who burst out early, but as you said, he's been really been eclipsed by Adam Thielen, and now, you know, he, he's up against the Panthers, uh, who are seventh pass defense. They have been leaky to wide receivers in their past four games, and that was against the Falcons, Dolphins, Jets and Saints, so a bit of a mixed bag there in terms of pass offense. So, I mean, there's some hope, but he's become a very untrustworthy start. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be bothersome to Stephon Diggs' owners that you actually have a good quarterback situation in Minnesota and the guy still isn't performing. It's definitely all Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph right now. Yeah, maybe the, you know, maybe the groin is still hampering. Maybe there's an injury we don't know about. That happens a lot. You find out at the end of the season, oh, yeah, I was playing through this or that. So maybe that's what's happening. But, you know, regardless, you know, we have to, like, make decisions based on what we know right now. And what we know right now is, he's, he, yeah, he's been a tough guy to start. Value pick. Possibly the biggest development in Week 13, Rob Gronkowski. A first-round pick for many fantasy owners has been suspended for his absolutely dumb move to hit Tredavious White after the whistle. No Gronk, big problems, but maybe Scott Allen has a substitute for you. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe for you Gronk owners and your, you Zach Ertz owners who are waiting to see if he clears the concussion protocol. My value pick this week, maybe a guy that you hadn't heard of until now, or at least until last week's game against the Titans, Steven Anderson of the Texans. He works at Hertz, doesn't he? <laughs> he played with Jared Goff at Cal. Ah, There's that. He's a converted wide receiver, second-year pro. And last week after C.J. Fedorowicz, Texans tight end went out with a concussion, wound up on IR. Anderson came on and was Tom Savage's favorite target. Career-high 12 targets, only five catches for Anderson. One of them went for a touchdown. And, you know, you look at the Texans' situation right now, and it's pretty much DeAndre Hopkins and Steven Anderson. Because yeah. you've got <laughs> Will, Fur Will Fuller with cracked ribs, uh, Bruce Ellington on IR, Fedorowicz, the other tight end, Ryan Griffin on our on IR. This is all about opportunity. And Braxton um, Miller had a concussion yeah. in Week 13, so Another he might one, not yeah. play either. It really might just yeah, be he's Hopkins and, and Anderson. Right, so he's among the last guys standing there. And on top of that, San Francisco, not great against the pass. They've allowed six touchdowns and 15 points per game to tight ends over the last seven games, so a good matchup on top of it. And, and Anderson, frankly, looked very good in his first opportunity. He's a guy that, that I trust – more than say, you know, I've been rolling out Tyler Croft in a lot of leagues, the Bengals tight end, who, yeah, he, he scores a touchdown every now and then, but he's the targets aren't there. I mean, the last three games, nine total targets for Croft, 11 total targets for Austin Hooper. 
Eight total targets for Vernon Davis. Twelve targets in one game for Steven Anderson. A lot of value. Yeah, Davis, Davis has lost all trust, I think, for the fantasy community. I mean, Reed's never going to play again, apparently, but Davis now Out again, ha- yep. has not been getting it done lately. Yeah, and, and, and Steven Anderson, you, once you get past the name phobia, which I think is going to scare away a lot of people in the playoffs, I mean, it's all about opportunity. You get 15 targets, you're, you're doing something. There's something happening there. If, if you have a middling Tyler Croft-ish pick, I, I'd give Anderson a good long look. Yeah, uh, you know, and also that offense throws to tight ends. I mean, at the the Bill O'Brien offense, Fedorowicz has had some nice yep. moments. Ryan Griffin yeah. was a name of interest earlier mm-hmm. this season when Fedorowicz went out earlier, you know, and he got his own concussion, but he was somebody that I actually picked up off the waiver wire because I was th- expecting good, you know, relatively good things for him. So there is a lot of optimism to be had there. You know, if you are le- missing Gronk, and then we'll see what happens with Ertz. A couple other names of note include Cameron Brait, came back oh, from the oh, dead. Yeah, perfect timing it, there. It's all about Jameis Winston, apparently. Yeah. Winston comes back, Brady immediately scores two touchdowns, <laughs> gets six targets. Yeah, on that, my, you on know, my waiver After wire. doing nothing the previous four weeks Ugh. with Fitzpatrick. Yep. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, hey, it's it's a thing, man. It's a thing. Like He only caught two passes but got 44 yards, didn't score for the first time in three weeks, but he's clearly kind of a part of that offense. Uh, and then Julius Thomas, a bit more of a flyer, but he has scored in three of his past five games. You know, We talked about playing the same opponent twice. Uh, the Dolphins, two weeks ago when the Dolphins played the Patriots, he had six targets, caught five of them for 52 yards. So pretty decent game. Not bad. You know, if you're really in a pinch, maybe you roll him out there. All right, the Niners fans got their first look as at Jimmy Garoppolo as their new starting quarterback. Should he be your starting fantasy quarterback this week, Des? He sure could be. I mean, they're playing the Texans. That's uh, about as good a matchup as you're going to find. They're allowing the second most uh, fantasy points to quarterbacks, although they have been solid in their past two games. That was against the Ravens and the Titans, and we talked about Marcus Mariota being pretty disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Houston is also the third toughest defense against running backs. So if you're going to attack them, you do want to throw the ball you had a like what you saw from Jimmy Garoppolo in kind of a tough spot last week at Chicago. Completed 26 of 37 passes, 293 yards, didn't score a touchdown, led them on five field goal, a game-winning five field goal drives. Uh, but his accuracy looked really good. He got the ball out really quickly. And most importantly, he went 14 of 14 on throws to his top two wide receivers, Marquise Goodwin and yeah. Trent Taylor. Mm-hmm. Taylor looking like a very nice possession guy, looking like that classic sort of slot receiver. Marquise Goodwin being used in all phases of the field. I talked about it last week as as my uh, as a stock-up guy. So, you know, I, I think Garoppolo, you know, we talked about Russell Wilson. He's a guy, if if you're a Wilson owner, you should give a long look to, to starting. I know it's a, it's a huge leap <sighs> of faith, but it's a much better matchup, and he did look extremely solid. Yeah, and, and I think that under-the-radar solid performance that he had last week the fact that he didn't throw for any touchdowns increases the chances that he's on your waiver wire you know he yeah. didn't put up a lot of fantasy points yeah, but like you said 70 percent of your passes in a tough matchup that's going to be i mean i said earlier that i i might draw the line at jimmy garoppolo just given the the small sample size of his his starting career but Again, I just said I'm going to roll out Steven Anderson. So, you know, QB, tight end, uh, my playoff hopes could hinge on Steven Anderson and Jimmy Garoppolo this week. You have nothing to worry <laughs> about, Scott. Not a thing. All right, well, my value pick is going to be Peyton Barber, who Dez cunningly picked up in one of our leagues last week when everyone thought Jaquiz Rogers would be the one stepping in for Doug Martin, who has been dealing with a concussion. Now, Martin returned to practice on Wednesday, so there's a chance he plays this week. But here's the thing, Martin hasn't been good when he has played. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks look at Peyton Barber in this game. He had 18.3 points uh, fantasy-wise against Green Bay. He gets the Lions defense this week, which has been very accommodating to running backs. And I think he will provide some pretty good value, probably available on your waiver wire this week. If not, I would get him in your lineup as a flex play. If Martin does come back, 
take a look in Cincinnati. Joe Mixon missed practice on Wednesday with a concussion. Gio Bernard, as we talked about before, looked very capable in his absence. Fire beware. 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 This is not the time to make a wrong move. So, Dez, who are you avoiding this week? My buy beware is Mike Davis, uh, Seattle Seahawks running back, who made a made a splash last week against the Eagles. Uh, and yes, by the way, we are talking about a, a Seahawks uh, running back again. I, again, on this podcast. Well, that's see, that's why it's a buyer beware. I mean, <laughs> we, haven't we learned now not to be optimistic about Seahawks running backs, no matter who they are? Did look good. He ran for 64 yards on 16 carries, 37 yards through the air. Actually, could make guys miss. You know, he's like a combination of all of all the Seahawks running backs. He had the size of Eddie Lacy. The, the speed of J.D. McKissick, and from what we saw from his groin injury earlier, the inability to stay on the field yeah. <laughs> of Thomas Rawls and C.J. Procise. So, got to love it there. Uh, the, you know, the Jags, uh, we talked about last week, also have been much tougher against the run. So, this is, you know, the Eagles, of course, have been extremely tough against the run. So, that was also why it was impressive. But in the short term, you know, I, I think you need to approach Mike Davis with caution. And in the longer term, uh, Chris Carson might be coming back. Like from a leg fracture, Pete Carroll said he might he could possibly play the last couple of games of the season. So, you know, if he comes back, presumably he'll get on the field, and then Mike Davis won't even be a thing at that point. So, sort of near and long term, I say let's not go too crazy over Mike Davis. Usually, good advice to steer clear of Seattle RBs this <laughs> season. Scott, you have a running back who's probably taken a lot of first rounds. Bad yep. play this week, though. Little slightly higher profile buyer beware pick here in Jordan Howard, and you know part of it is a bad taste in my mouth from. Last week against the 49ers when I thought the Bears and Howard in particular would would run wild over that terrible rushing defense. But it's also the fact that he scored once in the last eight weeks. And I will certainly be sitting um, this former first rounder in at least a couple of my leagues against a solid Bengals defense. I'm looking at Dez's favorite squad, the New York Jets for my buyer beware. Robbie Anderson has been so good lately. Legitimately a wide receiver one, I think. Definitely been hot. Now he gets the Broncos. And unfortunately, timing-wise, Aqib Tlaib's suspension has been reduced back to one game. Tlaib back in the lineup and probably locking down Robbie Anderson. Jets' offense has actually been pretty good, and Robbie Anderson has been the focal point. I'm staying away this week, though. What to watch for. Well, there's not a whole lot of future left to gaze into, gents, but what are we watching in week 14? I'm looking to the wild, wild AFC West where you've got three 6-6 six and six teams, two of them going head-to-head in the Chiefs and the Raiders, and it turns out that we may have buried the Chiefs offense a little bit prematurely. Andy Reid gives up play-calling duties, and last week, you know, maybe it's a product of the Jets' defense, especially the secondary being bad, but uh, Alex Smith, Travis Kelsey – and Tyreek Hill, all with huge performances and a loss. Um, the Raiders' defense, not all that solid either. Mm. The story for them, though, I'm looking at Michael Crabtree returning from his one-game suspension for that aforementioned uh, run-in with Aqib Tlaib. Um, there's a lot of value to be had in, in the Raiders' wide receivers last week with, with Crabtree and Cooper, Amari Cooper out. Amari Cooper still in the concussion protocol. I'm interested to see if he comes back and whether Corderell Patterson uh, retains any value either way. And speaking of value, let's not forget about Kareem Hunt. And whether or not he will emerge from his schneid. Des, where, where are you looking? Well, you don't like Robbie Anderson's chances. Uh, I'm not so sure, but I will be. I will be very interested to see the Jets' offense at the Broncos. Uh, the Jets have been a lot feistier 
on offense than a lot of people I think expected. Uh, and this tandem actually of, of Anderson and Curse, they became the last week they became the first Jets duo since 1967 to have back-to-back 100-yard receiving games uh, mm. for both of them. So, you know, and, and Josh McCown's been getting it done all season. Normally you would say, oh, a trip to Denver, that's a stay away. But, you know, it, this is not the same Broncos defense. And at this point in the season, it's not, it's not the same Broncos team. I mean, there's a, there might be a lay-down factor going on with, with that squad. We saw last year they started pointing, pointing fingers at the offense when, that, when it was underachieving last season. And Lord knows that's been happening again. You know, it, it's, it, the Broncos' pass defense is interesting because while they are amongst the best in uh, – and allow you know in yardage they allow the fourth fewest yards per game. They have allowed the most passing touchdowns of any team this season, and Anderson mm-hmm. can get in the end zone. Curse can do the same. So you know th- that's why that's probably why they're only thirty first in scoring defense. I mean, in other words, second or worse in right. scoring defense. So you know they can do some things here. And I'm also not just in the passing attack. Looking at Bilal Powell, who's been pretty major disappointment, but. Matt Forte has been banged up. Pal, you know, Pal could have a pretty good game here, especially because the Jets are actually one-point favorites at a lot of sports books. <laughs> Whoa. Would, yeah. Who would have thought at the start of the season <laughs> that in <laughs> Week 14 the Jets would be favored on the road at Denver? Kind of, Yeah, kind of stunning. But according to the sports book, they're the favorite. Therefore, they should be hanging around, winning or hanging around the game. Should be a lot of chances to run the ball. So a lot, a lot for me to – you know, this would be a good proving ground for the Jets in terms of confidence in it going forward. All right, well, I'm going to be looking at the Bills and Colts, which probably makes me the only one on the planet outside of those two cities. Tyrod Taylor carted off last week. He sat out practice Wednesday. Doesn't look like he could play, which means another potential start for Nathan Peterman. Yes. What can go wrong? I think there's a lot of implications here. If you have Charles Clay, for instance, and you need to get him in your lineup because you don't have Rob Gronkowski raising my hand, what happens when the two putrid forces of the Colts defense (laughs) and Nathan Peterman's arm combine. I don't know. I don't necessarily want to find out. I might have to unless I can get Steven Anderson on the waiver wire. Yeah, Clay's actually uh, banged up, so he's got he has recurring knee problems. Uh, he's been missing practice this week. Generally, he misses practice, then he plays, but you know, and God knows they, they need him on the Bills because they, they just have nobody to throw to. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Peterman's got his work cut out for him, in other words, even oh. against the Colts. Oh, all very reassuring stuff for yours truly. All right, well, that does it for this week. Remember to subscribe to this podcast while you still can on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Wherever you get your podcast, you should find the Fancy Football Beat. Check out all of our fancy content on thewashingtonpost.com. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Mike Hume Post. I'm at Des Beeler. And I'm at Scott S. Allen. See ya!